Welcome to show number 12. This is the audio version of our interview with Shannon Flynn. I met Shannon in January of this year at uh, the Hurt 100 uh, race over in Oahu, where we were both volunteering at uh, the Finish Line Aid Station. Uh, Shannon actually uh, was fortunate enough to get in the lottery for uh, the Leadville 100-mile race, and unfortunately, that race has been canceled, so she's had to change her plans. And uh, as it turns out, Shannon is a mental health professional who she works with uh, Kamehameha Schools as uh, helping out with their keikis, helping out with their kids. So uh, thank Shannon for the time that she took in order to uh, record this interview. Please enjoy. Aloha! We have Shannon Flynn here today from, I, I want, don't want to say the big island of Oahu because actually we're bigger, but from the island of Oahu. Hey Shannon, how are you today? I'm good. Aloha Joe. How are you? Uh, my joke is always I'm awake and above ground, so the, you know, we're, we're looking good. <laughs> did you go, did you go run today? Good. Did you run this morning? I did. I ran eight and a half miles this morning over at the Ohana Trail. It was nice. It was a little rainy and overcast, but it was nice. And let, let me guess, it was probably vertical? Um, I think there's like, so my watch usually tells me there's like 1,500 feet of elevation gain. I don't really feel like it is over there. I feel like it's more of kind of rolling, but um, yeah, but it's a nice one. It's a nice one. I didn't want too much vertical after I did some vertical last night was was good for a vertical. So needed a little bit of more break today. And we'll, we'll talk about the uh, definitely the longer run that you had a couple. It was two days ago, right? Uh, two or three days ago. I did it Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. All right. I, just as a background story and stuff, I met you. The first time I met you was over at the Hurt 100. We're working yep. at the, the finish line aid station together. And uh, the thing I think, <laughs> I want to embarrass you, but the thing I think I noticed about you first was, what size shoe do you have? My goodness gracious. <laughs> yeah, I wear a five and a half in women's. <laughs> I have small feet for sure. And, and back then too, uh, that was in January, you, you had a fractured foot? Yeah, I had a stress fracture after running the Honolulu Marathon in December. So had a stress fracture and at that point was still recovering. Um, yeah, I think when we were volunteering at the herd, I was just starting to get back into running at that point. It was just about to be cleared or was cleared. I can't remember. Oh, so you're a good runner where you actually wait for the doctor to clear you before you go out and do stuff. Actually, no. I kind of just cleared myself. I think I waited a month and it was feeling better slowly and I was like, ah, I think I'm good. <laughs> so no, I wasn't such a good runner with that, but <laughs> my own decision on being cleared, you know how that goes. That's, that's what we do, you know, it's like, okay. Yep. So um, now I, I want to talk about where you grew up and how you came to Hawaii and stuff, but what's your background is in mental health? Yep, so I'm a licensed clinical social worker um, and registered play therapist. 
Um, so went to school knowing I wanted to work with kids and do social work um, and then sort of figured out in the process that I wanted to do children's mental health specifically um, and then fell in love with play therapy in the process and here we are. Wow, I, just, I didn't know the part about play therapy. That's great. We'll talk, we, we can talk about that. So where did you grow up? Um, so I always say I grew up a little bit of everywhere. Um, I've actually lived in nine states, I think it is now. Um, both sides of my family are from Buffalo, New York. Um, but I mostly grew up in North Carolina. Um, so yeah, but moved around um, a bunch growing up just from my dad's job. And then I went away to college and then switched schools and then moved a few times since then. So yeah. That's kind of funny because uh, more than a few of the people that I've interviewed, uh, you know, uh, Jacob Fassler is from Tennessee. Uh, uh, Dr. Michelle Suber, she's from Georgia, if I remember correctly. And um, um, Sarah Stover is actually from upstate New York. So we're, oh, we're making nice. a good, good tour of the mainland. Yeah, for sure, for sure. When you were growing up, uh, like in high school and stuff, did you were you on a track team? Were you on the soccer team? I was on both. Um, I actually both my parents um, were runners, and so ever since sorry, that's my dog in the background. Um, <laughs> ever since I guess my brother and I were probably like nine and ten, and my parents would make us go run with them. Like the afternoon fun run was like, just go do a 5k distance just for fun. And we hated it for a long time. And then now <laughs> we're distance runners and we love running and we just, we kind of joke about how it's in our blood as much as we like love it. It's just kind of part of who we are. Um, but yeah, so I um, grew up playing soccer and softball and then in middle school and high school did track and cross country. So mostly just indoor track cause it conflicted with, um, the other sports so I did yeah cross country indoor track and then would do soccer and softball did you did you play basketball um I did till about middle school um and then kind of just lost interest in basketball I played point guard and one of my friends also played point guard and her dad was the coach and I was kind of just always sort of in like more of just the second player and was just lost interest so well I yeah. think it the other, the reason that I asked is um, uh, Dr. Laura Ankrum, who I interviewed uh, um, a while back, and uh, Ronnie uh, Henderson, who's a friend who refuses. Ronnie is a writer for West Hawaii Today and a great athlete, but she refuses to be interviewed. And anyway, I, I've sneaked out some facts about her, and they were both point guards, even though at their oh, tallest, wow. they're maybe five foot two. Yeah, and that's me. I'm, yeah. Five one, be on a good day. So, yeah. <laughs> so, when you uh, did you get a scholarship or anything when to go to college, or were you lucky? No, no, it was never. I was always just kind of an average. Um, I feel like more of just an average athlete all around, um, an average kind of academic also. Um, I my parents always really encouraged us to go away for school. Um, so even though being in the middle of North Carolina and there's a million great schools around, um, they kind of pushed the go out of state. So I actually went to University of Colorado at Boulder for half of my undergrad. Buffaloes. Um, yep. So I loved Colorado. Um, did not like school so much at the time. So 
half years, two and a half years there, um, lived in Colorado for three years, took a semester off. And during that time frame, my dad started working at Texas Christian University, TCU. And so it was actually free for me to finish there. So I ended up transferring and finishing school there. And so, um, yeah, so, but loved Colorado, um, still love Colorado. Perfect. Yeah, I, uh, I spent 25 years in the Roaring Fork Valley. I still have a house, oh, nice. a house in uh, Elgebel that uh, some great people have been running out and everything. But oh, yeah, I just, you know, Colorado was uh, my first move. No, it actually wasn't. It was like my second or third move, you know, out of college and stuff. But so in college, though, did you play any sports in college? Um, no, just I mean, I did like intramurals for fun. Um, ran and hiked out there a lot, skied. Um, yeah, actually did a lot of skiing and snowboarding um, out there, which was nice because passes at that time were so cheap. Um, I mean, you could get a three mountain pass for like, I want to say it was like $100 or $200. Um, we would schedule our classes. So you either had Tuesday and Thursday or Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then you'd go with your friends on the opposite day to the mountains and spend the day. And so, yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I'm proud to say I've never paid for a ski pass since I always had either a, uh, I had uh, basically either a school job or a government job, so I never had to pay for a ski pass. Oh, nice. I'm nice. a horrible That's skier, awesome. though. My method for, uh, uh, to even go down a blue diamond, or a blue blue course would be to watch the uh, keikis, watch the kids ski down first, and then I go, oh, okay, that's how to go down. <laughs> nice. So uh, from college, we're, I mean, did you graduate with a degree, you know, in um, um, uh, clinical psychology? No, I actually, um, I switched majors a whole lot of times. <laughs> um, I, I always thought when I was younger that I wanted to teach. Actually, I always wanted to be a teacher or a veterinarian. Um, and so I, yeah, I didn't really know, though, when I was in college what I wanted to do. So switched around a bunch. Um, ended up just doing a generic degree in communication studies or speech communication. Um, graduated, worked for a couple years, and then I knew I either wanted to do social work, counseling, or psychology. And after talking to people in the field and kind of getting a feel for things and working, decided to go social work route. So, yeah. Oh, so where did that, where did that, uh, that part of your education end up? Where did you get, uh, you know, background in that? Yeah, so I actually ended up moving to Buffalo because I wanted, when I finished school in Texas, I was kind of done with Texas. Um, <laughs> Texas is great, but when you're not from Texas um, and you've moved around a lot of places, the whole Texas is bigger and better to me was just kind of like, uh, not didn't want to be there, wanted to be somewhere with four seasons and close to family. Um, so moved to Buffalo, um, New York, and so... Um, actually did grad school up there through um, SUNY Buffalo. So, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And then after, uh, you know, you, you came out of there, what was like your first job as far as working with uh, keikis as we call them here in Hawaii? Yeah. So I, um, I worked in foster care for several years, actually through grad school and right after grad school. Um, and then I ended up working um, at a residential treatment facility for um, juvenile delinquents, um, teenagers who were placed there by the courts. Um, and that was 
an awesome experience and a great experience to have a few years out of grad school um, to prepare you for anything because it was basically working with the toughest of tough kids um, and you were kind of doing every role possible. You were their, their worker, you were their court advocate, you were their individual therapist, their group therapist, their family therapist, you were the school counselor, you did everything. And so, but it was also really, really challenging and really tough too. So after that, I kind of shifted things and decided I really wanted to be more early childhood um, mental health. And so that's kind of where I shifted things and then moved to Cincinnati, worked there um, yeah. in early childhood mental health for and lived there for six years and then moved here so oh so what indeed what did what was the draw of uh coming out to hawaii other than you know it's beautiful yep um so lots of things actually um the main thing was actually i was i had had a lot of a lot of health problems living in ohio um, I had seasonal allergies. I would get these constant um, respiratory infections all winter long where I would be sick um, for months at a time. The year before I moved, I was literally sick from like Thanksgiving till like March or April, um, just on and off with these horrible respiratory infections. They told me I had seasonal allergies and asthma and had never had either before. Um, and so I just decided I needed to move somewhere with a better climate because my, I felt like my body and my system just didn't agree with there at all. And I love being outdoors and love enjoying nature and felt like I was spending six months not being able to do anything really. And so that was a huge part of it. Um, and at the time I had a cousin who was living here, um, on Oahu, um, who was in a military contract position. He doesn't live here anymore, but at the time he was. Um, I also have kind of always had an itch to live somewhere international and far away. And so I felt like Hawaii was kind of a happy medium of like, it's far away, but you don't have to worry about all of the, um, all the challenging pieces of moving somewhere international and getting a green card or work visa and all those types of things. And so, um, yeah, so just kind of worked out. I, uh, it's kind of an interesting story because I had applied to a bunch of jobs. I had several offers for uh, military contract positions um, when I moved, um, but the background checks were still going through. And so I kind of just decided I'm going to go ahead. I had money saved. I'm going to go ahead and move, figure it out, and ended up um, applying for some other positions when I got here and ended up on a whole different route from what I planned job-wise. But feel like I definitely am in um, a great fit and found where I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to be doing. So it all worked out. Uh, it's funny how that that happens sometimes when our plans lead us somewhere, but it's not in the necessarily in the direction or place that we thought we'd be. Yep, exactly. Exactly. And it's, uh, I'm, uh, let's see, how old were you when you first came to Hawaii? Um, so I actually moved here two years ago. So I was 36 at the time. Just a kid. <laughs> so, yeah. And uh, so you're running up to that point. Your athletic endeavors had been, uh, had you run a marathon yet? Yes, yes. So I ran my first marathon, um, gosh, I want to say it was 2006. 2008 um, is when I ran my first marathon. Um, 
and I've run, I've run actually way more half marathons, more than marathons. Um, I, yeah, was always, I always liked the 10K distance, the half marathon distance. And then over the past year, kind of decided I wanted to do more than that. And actually, it's funny looking back though, because when I finished my first marathon, so I must've been, I think I was 25 at the time. And um, my mom was able, so I, the first marathon I ever did was the um, Niagara Falls um, International Marathon. And so you start in Buffalo and you run over the Peace Bridge up the parkway and you finish um, on the Canadian side of the falls. Um, and it's in October, completely beautiful. Um, and so my mom actually biked the end of it with me. And I remember her saying to me when I finished, she goes, you seem like you're great and you never hit a wall. Like you should try running ultras. And I, at the time I was like, you're crazy. Like, like I'm, huh. you know, I might not seem like I'm tired, but you know, and so actually it's just funny because now here we are 13 years later, or I mean, technically I started building more mileage and wanting to do this about a year ago, but here we are and I'm doing ultras. So yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. So that's, a, that's, a, that's a very cool story. Yeah. I, and uh, let's see, I know a lot of people that uh, at apparently at the finish line of your ultra, you did not say, I'm never doing this again. <laughs> No, I actually felt pretty good, but there was nobody at the finish. Well, there was somebody, <laughs> I say there's nobody at the finish line of my first ultra, but technically my first official ultra was, was Saturday and I finished at my friend's house. So my two friends were there, but <laughs> well, you guys, yeah. you guys took a pretty uh, challenging course too. It didn't look like you did, you know, an easy course or anything. Yeah. So I ran from, um, my house in Kaneohe, um, I ran like around here to Kailua. Um, I did Lonnie Kai pillbox and then the other side of the pillbox. Um, and then I ran up towards the Ohana trail, did the Ohana trail um, and a little more around Kailua and then ended at my friend's house. So, yeah. Wow. That's, that's challenging. I remember when I, when I used to live in Colorado, I used to come to Hawaii a lot and spent like half the time. And I used to do the, well, Dick Evans race and the rough water swim and the Honolulu Marathon and uh, the Honolulu Century Advertiser 100 uh, bike ride and stuff. And it was always like, I'd, I would just look at people and go, hills? What are you talking? There's no hills here. <laughs> but indeed, there are hills, especially where you uh -huh. guys are going. Uh-huh. And congratulations, uh, virtual medal, you know, you get virtual medal, you know. Yeah, yeah, thanks, thanks. And so you were signed up for a race we were supposed to have here on the Big Island. Uh, shoot, I can't remember when it had gotten delayed to. It was supposed to be this month, right? I think, yeah, I think it's still kind of postponed. I think they've, yeah. is it officially, I, I think they've said that they're still going to do it at some point. Um, it's just a, to be determined. Correct. And it, it's a beautiful place up there. It's on R1, you know, and I've uh, gone up there a few times. I used to go back there a long time ago, but it's, if you, have you been up there? Have you run much on our little rock here? So I've, I've like driven part of it. I have not run that part of it. I've run some on the big Island, but not, not there. So I was really excited to do it. So, and I still am excited to do it whenever it does happen. Yeah, Billy, Billy and Alex are working on it, but it was basically because of the permits and stuff that they had to stop. Mm -hmm. And then hopefully, yeah. 
depending on our restrictions uh, with inter-island flights, which maybe a lot of people don't know, we here in Hawaii, we've gotten used to being able, it's like a commute for us to fly inter-island mm -hmm. and that's all been shut down, you know, you know for, because of the COVID-19. And um, so you're, you're kind of waiting on whether or not you'll be able to come over here and do 100K, which will be the Hilo yes. to Waimea 100K. Yep. Yeah, and I'm so excited for that, but I also feel like, is it, like, am I going to be able to come, not be able to come? And it's funny you mentioned the commute, um, because of my role for work, so I work for Kamehameha Schools in the preschools, um, I'm behavioral health supervisor for the preschools, and we have 29 preschools spread throughout the state, and so part of my job is to go to our different preschool sites, and so, I mean, I was typically traveling probably at least once a week on average, um, and when you say commute, it really is like jump on a flight for 20 minutes, you're there for the day, and then you commute back home. Um, it's, it's really strange now, not traveling for, for two to three months has been a little, a little odd and strange with my job, but, um, yeah, but it's kind of frustrating not knowing if I'm going to be able to come for, for that race, especially still training and still moving forward with things, but uncertain of what's going to happen. So. Yeah, and, and uh, to, to explain to people that have maybe haven't tra traveled in Ireland very much, it sometimes takes longer to board the planes than it does to actually make the flight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that's kind of what we're used to. It's like, okay, it may take 40 minutes boarding time, 20 minute flight, and we're there. And yeah. the reason the reason that it's you have to wait now right now is uh, the right now there's a 14 day quarantine which means I was looking at the calendar too you would have to fly this weekend over mm -hmm. here and spend two weeks in quarantine in order to to do the race so that's kind of where you're stuck. Yep, yep, and then it would be two weeks in quarantine coming back also after flying back here. I never, so to me, yeah, it's not really worth spending a month inside, um, even though as much as I want to do the race, it's, yeah, it's, I don't, it wouldn't be worth it. So I was actually already kind of brainstorming with a few of my friends of how I could do a 50 miler or 100k here in place of that if I can't come and just getting people to support me or running around part of the island or doing something like that just in place of it. How has it, it been out there? Because uh, it sounds like you've been doing a mix of roads and trails. How, have they been crowded? Have they been empty? Yeah, so, so I think they're honestly more crowded now than, than what they were before. Um, I think that people being home and people um, you know, wanting to do stuff, but there's only so much you can do, has brought more people out to, even, even being out in the neighborhood, I feel like, um, or running around my house or walking my dog, there's a lot more people out than what there normally is, which I think is, it's a good thing, but it's hard when it's, like, on trails you normally go to and don't see many people, and then it's crowded when there's, lots more people coming out when there's not. And then it's frustrating to me on like there's certain trails that have signs. Like I was up at Friendship Gardens Trail uh, yesterday and they have signs to like wear your mask on the trail because it's a, it's a small single track. Um, but I'm like, I'm not going to wear a mask when I'm on a trail. Like that just to me seems crazy, but it, yeah, it is what it is. Well, yeah, I, uh, since I'm an old guy, I can just, uh, my... <laughs> 
my attitude sometimes is get off my lawn. You know, you people, you know, why are you here? I've never seen you here before, you know, but it, I think it is great that, uh, you know, people are getting out walking their dogs. I get to see two dogs. Uh, I've become friends with one person who's uh, where I run. So we've established that. Okay. This will be okay. So I get a couple of dogs to pet. But yeah, I usually, uh, I will, I have a buff. I have lots of buffs and I'll usually use that if I have to, you know, if somebody, if I see somebody on the road or on the trail, who's coming the other direction and they happen to have a mask on, which to be honest, not many do out where I go, mm -hmm. but I can, I can just mm -hmm. buff up. Nice. Yeah, I have, um, I use the buffs more than the face mask. I have one face mask and two or three buffs. And so, yeah, I usually keep one with me. I don't usually put one on when I'm passing someone, but I feel like the people that, that care about covering usually have something with them or, or cover anyways. And so I'm kind of like, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's funny uh, to, to mention the, uh, the mainland. It's the Big Island Running Company has opened up their store uh, down in uh, Kona and stuff, and uh, they they've been doing online stuff, and they have it. Uh, what do they call it? You know, it's a buff, but it's an ultra gator or whatever they're calling it. And somebody had uh, emailed Mercedes and said, "Do you?" Sh they were from the the mainland, and they said, "Do you ship to the states?" <laughs> yeah, we ship to the states. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Uh, uh, the too many, too many years here to, you know, that, yeah, we get that all the time. And then <laughs> you were lucky. You were so lucky. My gosh. You actually got into Leadville, didn't you? Yes, I did. Um, I did. I actually, um, so kind of my sort of entering into the ultra stuff, like I said, when I finished my first marathon, my mom said that to me and I was like, oh, you're crazy. And then just kept running, did a lot of halves, um, done a several more marathons and decided um, about a year ago, okay, let me try this ultra thing. Um, one of my best friends in Colorado and my brother both did 50 milers last year and they were like, you got to do an ultra. And I was like, okay, so kind of decided at that point. So I entered in for Leadville lottery and I entered in for the Hurt 100 lottery um, and yeah, I was lucky enough to get in, was super excited about it. And then now it's, it's canceled for this year, which, which I totally get it. So we have the option of entering, of just it rolling over to next year. So I've actually already, um, done the selection for that so that I'll be automatically in for next year. And I actually might, um, run it anyways with my friend out there who she was going to do it this year too. So we're officially going to run it together next year. Um, if I'm able to still travel out there, depending on what happens with the travel stuff, um, apparently there's a group of people still running it on the actual date of the run. And so, yeah, I know, sorry, I shouldn't say that, but we're, um, we don't even know who, who they are or anything at this point, but we've decided that, that if I'm able to go out there for it, we're gonna, we're gonna run it just for fun and do it anyway. So, um, yeah, and decided, I mean, at this point, at this point in the game with training, I may as well just keep going since I'm already at 70 miles a week. It kind of makes sense to just keep going and try to do it. So, yeah. 70 miles a week. Yeah, that's, I'm sorry. I'm lucky if I can, I'm lucky if I can make 50 a week. 
you'll love you'll love Leadville. I, you probably, I'm sure when you were there, you probably uh, traveled up there. But the trail is actually pretty easy. It's not a technical trail. It's not like the hurt. Yeah, yeah. I've done some trails up there, but not that part. But I'm excited to yeah to be out there and to to actually do it. And yeah, I feel like training on on the hurt trails like. I mean, I feel like that's got to prepare you for anything. Every time I've kind of made it a point to every couple of weeks run um, as much of the heart loop as I can and keep building up on it. And every time I do it, I'm like, why do I want to do the heart 100? Like, this is like so terrible, but it's so awesome at the same time, but so terrible. So I'm always like in this, like, yeah, yeah. Like, I think I definitely want to get into it, but then part of me is like, is is like do i really want to get into it <laughs> it's yeah well like the key the key to, to leadville and a lot of other people outside of me will tell you this is the altitude if you can get there yeah. most people will have to get there before the race because you you don't understand altitude until you're actually at altitude yeah yeah um and lucky for me you know i lived out in colorado a while I've actually, knock on wood, never gotten altitude sickness, um, and I feel like some people are more prone to it than others. Um, I actually had planned to go out there um, 10 days ahead of time, stay with my friends, see family and friends out there, be out there to adjust to, to the altitude, and then and then, then do it. So, um, so that's kind of still my plan. Um, I already have my ticket and stuff, and um, but we'll see. It depends on how all the travel quarantine stuff goes, and depends on how crazy work is at the time, and yeah, we'll see, depending on all the COVID stuff and how things how things roll out. Well, speaking of work, um, you know, uh, we're always HIPAA compliant here and stuff, and I don't want to, uh, you know, have you say anything that compromises anything uh, yourself or anybody you work with, but can you kind of describe what you do as far as play therapy? Sure, yeah, yep, I certainly can. Um, so basically play therapy is, is using play to work through whatever the problem is or concern um, that, that would bring in that client for counseling. So whatever the presenting problem is, using play to um, address the issue and concern. Um, and play is really all of our first language. Um, you know, it's, it's how kids, it's how our keiki learn and communicate and kind of process and take in the world. And so, um, so it's using play um to to help them with whatever the concern is so um yeah so my role um with kamehameha schools basically is um any of our keiki that are having challenging or concerning behaviors in the classroom um could get if if it like the school counselor would work with them but if they need more help and support that they would be referred to me that i would go in and observe in the classroom and then would possibly provide some individual counseling and play therapy um, to them. And then, um, and then there's a lot of other layers of support I provide, especially now through COVID-19, providing a bunch of Ohana weekly sessions and other supports for our FAMU and, and things. But, um, but yeah, so that's kind of the play therapy piece. And then by play therapy, you don't mean uh, Nintendo, right? No, no, no Nintendo. <laughs> no, no. No, um, yeah, no, no video games and that sort of thing. Um, although telehealth has been an interesting world um, with with COVID nineteen and trying to provide um, play therapy through the computer with with three to five year olds is is rather challenging. But um, yeah, but it can be done. But it's hard. So 
a new world. Yeah, uh, you know, our one of our one of my friends. Uh, I think you probably know uh, Bree, but uh, you know, being a te- her being a teacher, she finds it, it it's 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 rewarding, but it's frustrating right now because of the lack of being able to have contact. And mm-hmm. you know, you're you are particularly working with you're working preschool, so that's like you said, three to five years old, and those. There, that's that's a very emotional state, if I remember correctly, from the kids that I've raised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and exhausting, I imagine, and especially since now, you know, I, you know, thank you again for you know being able to come on because I know you probably spent out of today yeah. what you spent six hours on Zoom or. Oh, a lot, a lot. Yeah, yeah. But I, but I'm happy to be here and appreciate and yeah, I feel honored that you've asked me to be on here. I, um, I felt so bad. I thought about you when I heard that, uh, you know, Leadville had been canceled. And, you know, that's used to be my neck of the woods over on the other side of Independence Pass and stuff. And I remember when the race first started. And I just wanted to mention, unfortunately, uh, David Clark, who's done Leadville, He's known for his books, for his inspiration. He was a huge guy, which I can relate to that. I used to be a huge guy. And um, unfortunately, I don't know what the circumstances are, but he is no longer, at least physically, with this. And you were, you were mentioning to me before the show that you were listening to a book of his. Yeah, so I'm listening to Broken Open. Um, yeah, and it's been really good. Um, yeah, like I mentioned before, I, you know, a lot of times just, especially when I'm running on trails, just like to not have any music or sound on things. But then there's times where it's like, especially when you're doing longer, you just need something to listen to. So I really like doing audibles and really getting into audibles or podcasts, depending on if I've downloaded anything and where I have service or not. But, um, you know, really, really getting into different um, ultra running stories. And so right now listening to yeah, his, his book broke it open. And so, yeah, really sad to hear that. I'm really enjoying his book and his stories. And I think I'm right now at the point where he talks about his second time at Badwater and he is having these crazy hallucinations. And um, yeah, it's, it's really entertaining, but sad to hear, sad to hear about that loss. Yeah, it's a shame. When, when you go out and, and run, have you run uh, at night? Um, I have done some at night, um, not necessarily like planned at night, um, but <laughs> yeah, I'll usually like, it kind of just is like, I'm already out there and I'll go at night. Um, I'll, I usually have my headlamp in my, in my path when I am on a trail, um, just, you know, for safety in case. Um, and I usually, when I have, when I have done it at night, it's been more of trails I'm really familiar with and been on a lot. Um, yeah, I, I think it's a hard toss up of like, of being single female and being on a trail alone at night, um, you know, and trying to, trying to be safe and trying to, um, yeah, I mean, I, I always feel fine about it, but then I always have so many people who are like, oh, you shouldn't do that at night by yourself. And so, you know, I try to let people at least know where I'm going or where I am and try to be safe about it. So, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, it is um, sad. You know, uh, Hawaii, we're noted for our aloha and everybody really uh, is considered ohana and family, but we we had a mutual friend that just had a bad uh, incident on a trail when she was running uh, in the daytime too. You know, it wasn't even at night and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
you know, it's just, uh, it's something that hopefully will just go away, you know, but again, I think mm -hmm. people need to be uh, vigilant when it comes to, and actually think about where they're going, particularly now, you know, with uh, things being shut down and people maybe isolating themselves in areas where we run. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. I did the uh, David, uh, or not David Wade, uh, the, oh, it was a race in Sacramento on the, on the um, uh, American River Trail and stuff. And a friend of mine had sent me a message saying, well, you'll see this big encampment on the other side of the river uh, where, you know, homeless people and, and stuff had gathered and stuff. And it, it, it wasn't there or anything, but I never felt, I mean, for me, it never, I just, you know, I'm the dumb guy who will say aloha to to people in the middle of the night and stuff. And I think that's, hopefully that will not uh, be diminished by the situation that we're in now. Yeah, hopefully not. Do you run with, uh, it sounds like you do have uh, some regular people that you run with and stuff though. Yeah, it's kind of a mix of things. Um, you know, I also I also do CrossFit um, and had done, had done um, a bunch of triathlons and stuff. So I have some friends from, either of those who will run with me, um, don't really know all that many people in the ultra community, um, here at this point, but starting to meet more people. Um, so there's a friend, another friend that I actually met volunteering at the hurt also. So we'll run together sometimes. Um, it's funny because some of my friends from my CrossFit gym, like nobody wanted to run with me before COVID-19 only because, only because they're like, you run too fast and too far and we don't want to run with you. And so as soon as all this hit, then they were like, oh, we want to run with you now because they're like, we need something to keep us motivated and doing stuff. And so, um, and once I convinced them that like, you know, majority of my runs, I don't care about pace. I just, you know, like, it's nice to have people running with you, you know, when you're going far or even to do parts of it. And so, um, yeah, so that's been nice. And actually one of my good friends who has always, um, for the past couple of years, been kind of my running partner, she had injured her um, leg and hamstring last year and she hasn't been able to like do as much running and so she's actually just started back into running and ran the end of the um, the end of the 50k when I did it on Saturday she ran like eight miles of it with me so that was great so she's just getting back into running and I'm like I need you to be back to run with me <laughs> and so um, yeah so trying to find more people to run with so yeah and what's, what's, what equipment do you use? I, I remember I asked you what shoes, <laughs> small shoes that you were wearing and stuff, but what shoes do you use? <laughs> so it's funny you say that because I actually got a pair of ultras. Um, and I, they, but like, I've had trouble wearing them. Like I, I have really only worn them probably like five times and I've worn them in like short distances, like just a mile or two trying to break them in or even using them for hiking and then I'll switch back. And every time I do, it messes up my legs. Like I just, so I, I've, they've kind of sat for a few months and I haven't been using them. Um, I actually have been wearing, um, Solomon's, um, speed cross four. Um, and now I have like three pairs of them because, um, for, yeah, I, I've, I have weird feet um, because they're small and they're wide. And so my entire life, I will get shoes and, and they might be fine. And then one day randomly I'll get blisters from them or I'll get them and I'll get blisters from this part. And so um, right now, those for trail shoes and um, for 
road shoes. There's a Saucony. I can't remember which, which brand, but I have like three or which, which type, but I have like three different, um, three different pairs of the same exact shoe in, in both for my road shoes and my trail shoes, because I've never gotten blisters from either of them, knock on wood. And so just, I'm like, okay, I'm sticking with those. So kind of like every couple weeks or month I've been going on Amazon and I'll watch the prices and order another pair just because I know I'm doing so many miles that I need to probably consistently keep rotating out. Um, and I'm wearing that, wearing down some of the older ones, but there's, there's another good website to look at. It's called 6pm.com. Okay. They have, they have a lot of, you know, especially the, the challenge we face sometimes is we love this model and then the manufacturer changes it and it's like, oh crap, I'm going to buy every version of the model that uh-huh. I love that I can find <laughs> anywhere. Yep. Do you yep. remember which, which model of the Ultras that you have? Uh... I don't remember. List list some of their trail shoes, uh, and I might. Well, it would be the Temp, probably one point five, the Solstice, the Superior. I think uh, it might be Superior. Superior. So they're they're pretty thin, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because see, I I I love the Olympus, which is the very very thick one. I have the threes, and in fact, I was just. Okay conversing with uh, Golden Harper, who's one of the owners of Ultra. Uh, and I asked him, uh, well, he, would, he, he posted his run on Strava and stuff. And I kind of messaged him and said, hey, you know, what's up with the, uh, they were supposed to come out with the Olympus 4 uh, in June. And unfortunately he said, um, it's going to be delayed a couple of months. So for those of you who are uh, Ultra Olympus fans, 3.5 is actually the latest model and stuff, but it, it is funny. It's exactly, I've done exactly the same thing that you said. It's like, man, uh-huh. I'm good. if I find this shoe discounted, I'm buying yeah. it. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I really thought I was going to like ultras because they, um, like from what everybody said about them and people that love them, like totally love them. Um, but yeah, the pair that I have has just not been good. And like at this point, I'm like, I don't want to risk like screwing up my feet. And every time after, even just like, just like walking in them a mile, it just, it kind of throws off um, things. And so, yeah. It's usually your calves because people are not used to a zero drop. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's been like my, yeah, my calves, my Achilles, like just doesn't feel so good afterwards. Yeah. And I've actually already had surgery on one Achilles and trying not to have it on the other side. And so, Yeah. Right. So you, you, let's see, you've had uh, uh, allergies to overcome uh, before your uh-huh. marathon, and now you have uh, Achilles problems. You're just falling apart. I'm just <laughs> what do you, what do, yeah. you use for, what do you use for a, do you run with a vest or? Yeah, I have a vest. I have a, uh, I'm blanking on what brand. Um, Ultimate Direction, Solomon? I think it's a Solomon. Um is it? Yeah, it's a Solomon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, what no, you... actually, is it Nathan? Actually, I oh, think it's Nathan? a Nathan. Yeah. And what do you? Yeah, use and for... I like it. Yeah, they're good. I mean, but I have. It's... In fact, let me see here. I I actually think I might look for a different one. So I, 
it keeps like on my longer runs, it keeps chafing my back, even when I, um, which one or two times was because I like had ran without my shirt and just, it was my sports bra on. But on Saturday when I ran, it still irritated my back, even keeping on, um, a shirt and trying to prevent it from happening. So I think I might look into getting another one just because I don't want to run more than that when I already know it's going to be irritated in yeah. one miles. It's going to get way worse with longer. And women have a, a, as I understand it, have a particularly hard time finding a vest that's appropriate and fits them because most of the vests are made for dudes. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. So I was going to look into getting one more size specific because I think the one that I have is more, it's a women's model, but I think it's a one size um, fits all. And I think I probably need like an extra small or small one and maybe it won't um, rub as much and it'll fit better. So yeah. yeah. So if you have any recommendations or anybody knows anything. Oh, okay. Yeah. And yeah. Post uh, either a comment on the on the uh, YouTube or it'll be on Facebook and stuff. They can post something on Facebook. I know, you know, I'm I I to be honest, I found a model on Facebook, uh, just a very inexpensive um, Chinese company makes them and stuff, and it fits me better than the hundred fifty dollars Solomon vest that I got. Yeah, funny how that happens, how sometimes the more inexpensive random brands will be better than the, yeah, the big name brands, just depends. And everybody's different. When you go out and run, what do you use for nutrition? Um, So I had always been using goo just from doing like, you know, um, half marathons and marathons. That's kind of all you really need with those. Um, I've started doing more. I've started, I've, I've tried like the spring nutrition packs, um, and tried, um, you know, sometimes I like switching it up to doing like dried fruit or gummy bears or peanut butter and honey packets. Um, you know, doing, doing the 50 K on, um, Saturday really opened my eyes to, okay, like I really need to, after like five and a half hours, take in some real food because was just like really hungry at that point. So need to figure out all of that. Nutrition is still the piece I'm, I'm trying to figure out in the process. So yeah. So any tips or suggestions, I'm totally open to it. I've tried, I've tried Tailwind Sun. I need to get some more. Um, but yeah. And, and so, um, yeah, I, I, I always recommend real food, you know, as much PB&J kind of stuff, because that's what, mm-hmm. oh, well, that's in the past. That's w- w- what we would have run into on um, ultras and stuff. That's what it would have been at the aid stations. But, you know, you can experiment figs. Some people dig figs. Spring energy, I think, is great. And, of course, since I'm a tailwind ambassador, I will uh, uh-huh. sir, I'll, send you, I'll send you some tailwind. Uh, so that you can okay, try it. that'd be awesome. So, you know, okay. and I, or are you a caffeinated or non-caffeinated person? Um, so I kind of alternate. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I like, I definitely do do caffeine and stuff. But yeah, when I'm on a trail, I usually alternate between some 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 caffeinated, some non-caffeinated, and I think it depends usually what time I'm running too. <laughs> so. And there's always, you know, refreshment along the way, too, for um, those of you who need it. Nice. Nice. Yes, I do like Fireball. And that's your specialty. (laughs) (laughs) 
So in, uh, uh, I would recommend, you know, I, I don't know how things are going to go, you know, as far as, uh, you know, inner island travel and stuff. I'm still kind of contemplating. I signed up for this, which was supposed to be last week, which is the Born to Run okay. Ultras in California. And it's Luis Escobar's race. Billy Barnett's been there. It's a bunch of rowdy people. And it's on the Chamberlain nice. Ranch. And right now, it's actually scheduled for October, the okay. first week in October. And their, their sign-up is still available. I signed up for the four-day. Hmm. Uh, they still have, you know, you can do 50K, 100-mile. There's a whole bunch of uh, options and stuff on the race. But like, okay. like, like you said, you know, we're all kind of waiting to see what's it going to be like. I, you know, I originally got a refund on my flight through Hawaiian for uh -huh. the, that was going to be because they offered a refund because of the COVID-19 um, stuff. And I'm still kind of waiting to see what summer holds is, you know, to see what we got going yeah. on. Cause I know some of the hurt yeah. races have been canceled. Um, mm -hmm. The um, race that's at the end of July, the uh, Ohia half marathon up in volcano, they've, they've canceled that. And uh, I, I know I, yeah, I keep looking into any of the races, like, yeah, local, um, just to do any, any of them, um, was going to do the entire Heart Series, um, you know, really planned to enter in to try to get into Heart 100 again, wanted to do everything I could to increase my chances, but so far all of them have been canceled and most of the local stuff has been canceled or rescheduled. Did you, did you get into the lottery and it hurt? I forgot about that. Yeah, so I signed up last year for the the lottery, um, but didn't get in, and so that was where I was like, well, let me volunteer and and um, kind of see it and um, and be there and stuff, and definitely gonna enter in the lottery um, this year again. So, oh, good for you, man. Yeah. People have to realize now you are consciously doing this, even uh -huh. though you know what the hurt trails look like. I know. So, so part of that is like my brother had, had convinced me like ever since he, um, actually, I think he had heard about it from, from reading David Goggins and he was like, okay. And he looked it up and was like, okay, I got to do that. Okay. You got to do it with me. And I was like, okay, it's pretty hard to get into, but, um, so I, I had agreed to him that we'll, we'll keep trying to get into it and try to do it together. Um, I mean, do it together, but not together. Like, you know, I think we would run our own race, but, um like do it at the same time is what we were hoping for um yeah but like I said every time I run it I think part of me is like why do I want to do this this is crazy but it's definitely a bucket list for me um of a race I want to do and definitely at this point addicted um to the ultra stuff and even though I feel like I'm just getting my feet wet I'm really enjoying it um yeah and I feel I feel like just trail running in general over the past few years has helped has made me fall in love with running all over again um yeah so now there's there's kind of a different uh a few everybody has a different frame of mind when they trail run um some people do it because it gets them away and gets them out of their head some people mm -hmm. do it because it gets them more into themselves Mm -hmm. um how is it a stress reduction i think it's stress reduction for everybody but how you know what's what do you think your motivation is 
So I think it's kind of both for me. Um, yeah, I don't know that I necessarily fit one way or the other, but kind of a combination of both. Like it's definitely running for me in general is definitely a big stress reliever. Um, it's definitely like for me, a huge piece of self-care and just like, like exercise in general is, but like, I think through doing triathlons and stuff. And then when I started to do CrossFit, um, I think what I realized is what I really love is, is CrossFit and the combination of workouts. And I really love running like, like biking and swimming are okay, but I really love running. Um, and for me, there's nothing like just going out on a trail and just going to just like escape everything and being away. But so kind of that it's my way of sort of processing things and, and working through things in my head too, um, to help clear my head. So I think it's kind of a combination of both. And then uh, you, you haven't, I'm guessing you probably haven't uh, experienced the hallucinations yet. They're, they're worth it too. I know. I'm actually really excited to experience hallucinations. So no, I haven't experienced them yet, but I'm really excited to experience them and like really intrigued listening to people like like David Clark share about his hallucinations or like Courtney DeWalter talk about her hallucinations like I just yeah I'm really excited to experience those at some point um yeah no I, I think uh, you'll get there you'll get there oh and a, a little bit of um inside baseball to people in the ultra world too I was listening to Luis Escobar does a podcast now and he mentioned he was he was interviewing or talking with um, um, that guy who wrote that Born to Run book, Chris and uh, McDougal. And apparently, Chris and his wife uh, his wife's Hawaiian, and they're moving to Oahu. So, oh, nice! And he did cool. he did trail work last year um, on the Hurt Trail too. He helped out on the Hurt Trail and stuff. So we'll see if uh you know chris chris will be here you know some you know apparently they're already set to do it so i don't know if he bought a house yet or anything so you might have an interesting neighbor to talk to on a, on a trail nice. run. that would be awesome that would be awesome you you'd like david goggins i actually i've met david and stuff he was over here doing uh <clears throat> ultraman a few years ago and I was, uh -huh. uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I was uh, race marshal. So I was happy that I never called a penalty on David when he did the race. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he, yeah, he, I... he used to come over for Ironman. So triathlons, you mentioned triathlons. So what's your triathlon career? Um, so I don't know. That kind of was all put on hold. I actually... Um, yeah, so so with David Goggins, I actually my brother was the first one a couple of years ago who was like, "Oh, you got to listen to this guy." And I, yeah, I've listened to um, his book several times, um, and he's just so motivating and inspiring, and love watching his um, Instagram stuff too. And just like he's just a character, so I bet he was really interesting to meet. Um, yeah, so so triathlons, I don't know. Um, definitely, Ironman and Ironman is definitely like on my bucket list at some point. Um, I actually had planned on doing um, Honu this year, and then that was, I hadn't signed up yet. It was like January, I hadn't signed up yet, was kind of on the fence, and then I found out I got into Leadville, and I was kind of like, you know, I'm just starting to get into the ultra stuff. Is it realistic to train for a 100 miler and 
do a half Ironman at the same time. Like, I'm sure I could do it, but part of me was like, okay, training definitely would have to become my life at that point if that's what I really want to do. Um, and kind of decided, you know what, let me, let me do the running thing for now and let me um, kind of circle back around to, to triathlon stuff. And like I said, in the process, I'm realizing too how much I love running um and really enjoy crossfit and you know biking and swimming i like but they're not really sort of the top of the game for me so um so we'll see i definitely definitely want to do um full iron man would definitely like to do a half um but we'll see well honu uh officially it's been um uh delayed to august mm. august 15th but uh, mm -hmm. a, a, a friend of mine in a post this uh, yesterday or day before might have kind of spilled the beans. And, you know, I, I don't want to say inside sport, inside knowledge on my part, because I'm no longer the aid station director for them. Uh, but it might be happening in November. Mm, okay. So you okay. might. Interesting. I, I, I put on my calendar on my phone. I do it all the time. It's like, okay, I got to remember when these races are. So I'll put it on the calendar, um, you know, on the phone. So I don't forget what, what triathlon yeah. have you done though? What have you done? Short course, uh, sprints? Um, yeah, I've done mostly sprints. And then I did the Honolulu triathlon last year. And then before I moved here, I had done a handful of sprints. So yeah, I really actually, I, I don't really like the sprint distance. I'm definitely more of an endurance person in general. So like I liked the Olympic distance. Um, and I think I would really like the half Ironman distance, if not even the full. Um, for me, I just felt like like the Olympic was like great, but I felt like I could almost even doing longer, I'd probably do better just because I'm more of an endurance person. But yeah, Honu, you'd love Honu. I did Honu, last time I did Honu was 2018, a couple of years ago and oh. stuff. Nice course, nice uh, bike course, <laughs> winds, of course, there's always wind. And mm -hmm. uh, the swim, of course, we are blessed here in Hawaii with having the most beautiful water in the world just to be mm -hmm. like swim in. Have you, yeah. have you, have you done the rough water swim uh, living in Oahu? the like the north shore swim series uh yeah any of those any of the swim races i know your swim's not your thing but you're there yeah so i did a couple of the north shore swim series last summer um which one did i do the one mile i'm trying to think of which location it was um was amazing last year um like dolphins right there like it was it was amazing like you're swimming and all of a sudden I was like wait what is that noise and then I was like oh my gosh it's dolphins and you lift your head above the water and they literally were like right there swimming beside us it was amazing um so yeah those are great um it sounds like that's all put on hold um for now too um from what I've heard so I actually have not been swimming lately and that was one thing where like in the past couple of weeks I'm like I really need to start swimming again just because I need to do a little bit more I feel like cross training I've, I've been biking some um but haven't really been swimming at all and definitely miss it so yeah I I used to uh, my joke is that uh back before we were all kind of quarantined and have restrictions on us 
my joke was to have a t-shirt that said, uh, work, the original CrossFit. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that was back when we were traveling in Rhode Island and, you know, going out and doing a lot of events that have been canceled, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it does look like uh, things will probably be opening up. Of course, everybody has to, I'm a race director here, so I had to, I'll have to figure out what we're going to do for some of the races as far as aid stations and, you know, making them safe for the athletes, you know, for sure. Mm-hmm. It'll take, I think it'll take a while, but I think, I don't know, uh, you know, it's day by day, uh, hour by hour sometimes. I hope you, I hope they release the, inner island travel so that you can travel over here for sure um yeah i, I think so too do you do you uh do you have uh uh your parents are still back on the mainland and your brother is yep yep so um yeah all my family's on the mainland um my parents are in texas um my brother's actually currently there with them he um he usually is in um he lives in miami but kind of before all this started, um, he was doing some work stuff in Ohio and then ended up just deciding he was going to go to my parents. So he's been there for, I think like two months now. Um, but actually most of my family now is in South Florida. So, um, my parents are actually in the process of selling their house and retiring to South Florida. So, yeah. Okay. So your dad's no longer at TCU? Nope. He um, just officially kind of went on sabbatical about a year ago. And I think his official retirement is uh, sometime next month, I want to say. Now, so. virtu virtual retirement party. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Because everything's virtual at this point. And uh, when, you, uh, when you're traveling around uh, Honolulu, you know, or uh, you're actually on mm -hmm. the other side of the island and stuff in Kailua, yeah? Yeah, I'm in Kaneohe. Or Kaneohe and stuff. Do you see a lot of, I mean, is life starting to look a little bit more normal? Um, yes and no. Um, you know, I think it's starting to open, things are starting to open back up um, again, and people are out and about more. Um, I don't know that I would say normal. Um, it's, you know, everybody in masks and still keeping their distance and, I think all the social norms of things are so different, like, you know, people crossing to the other side of the street when you're walking down the street or people going the opposite way in the grocery aisles and like, you know, just people, you know, past different places and putting up their masks. Like, it's just, just it's a strange world. That's for sure. Um, yeah, it's a new, but, new, new normal, if we can say that. Yep. Yep. New normal, new normal. So, yep. Just trying to roll with it and trying to help support others best I can through the whole process of all of it too so well it's, it's amazing that you do you know the work that you do with the cakeys you know the kids and everything and that you're you're one of those people that's there to serve other people I mean I think it's great that you have put yourself out there and you decided I mean when you were uh, choosing a career you know or I should say maybe mm -hmm. the career chose you your function of the career is to help people. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I enjoy it. I enjoy it. It's tough at times, but, but it's good. 
So you have to, you have, you have to realize if you're going to be a if you're going to be a very hardcore type A triathlete or uh, trail runner, you have to put you before other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think I think that's part of where like the the training comes in. You know, just having to be dedicated to the training and committed to that is a way for me you know, to sort of have that self-care piece or make sure I'm putting myself first in some ways. Um, yeah, and I think I think that's really helped through through all the COVID-19 stuff too. Just, you know, I know that I still have to go out and run no matter what and still need to stick to this. And um, yeah, I definitely feel better doing it too and, and sticking with things, so. What's, what's an average distance for your runs? Or uh, do you do distance or you do time? Um, so I kind of have been doing a combination of both. I would say lately I do more distance than time. Um, I kind of, I contemplated getting a coach. Um, and then I've just sort of looked up different training plans, um, and sort of put together my own combination of, of like, I have a spreadsheet of sort of different plans put together to kind of balance what my week would look like. Um, I do kind of have been aiming for a set, um, mileage each week, but I, I, do a combination. I try to do as much trails as I can. And when I started this process, I was kind of like, let me see how many trails I can do out of like all these trails in Hawaii. Um, it was doing really good on Instagram up to like 30 trails. And then somehow like all this, all coronavirus hit and I got really bad at like just posting things. Like I'm good at doing the story, but actually posting like what number of trail I've done. I don't know. Um, I also tend to do like things, ones that are closer to my house at times, just because it's what's close by and easy. But, um, yeah, so kind of a combination, I would say at this point I'm running, um, I'm probably close to like 70 miles this week, I would say, um, it will be. And, um, it's, I'm average a day, maybe like, like probably eight miles a day, but I usually take one to two days off and it kind of varies, obviously longer runs on weekends and that sort of thing, but yeah. And yeah, I think you mentioned, uh, you might've mentioned to me that you, you're, you're thinking about signing up for a virtual race. Yeah. So actually the 50 K that I did over the weekend was that, um, uh, East first West challenge. Um, Oh, okay. I'm in that. Are you that? Okay. So yeah, so that's what I did for, for last weekend, but been looking at other virtual races too. And my friend in Colorado um, has been sending me some stuff. And then there's a, um, she does some fundraisers and has gone to Uganda a few times. And so um, the Uganda marathon, they're actually doing virtually. Um, it's like a week from Saturday. So I think I'm going to do that just for the heck of doing a marathon um, that day. <laughs> so, so which side were you on east versus west? Um, I, I think I, I decided to do west just because that's the closest for here. And so why not do west? So, yeah. yeah, yeah I, was, still, I, I still have to lower my time because I did my 50K over three days. <laughs> so Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I was listening to, um, uh, is it Candace? Is that her name? Yeah, her podcast? Yeah. Her, yeah. I really like her podcast and she had mentioned it on there and I was like, oh, that'd be a fun one to do. So decided to do that. So that I could, I mean, and I wanted to count my 50K, like even though there's no live one to do, I was like, well, I may as well sign up for a virtual one to actually 
and, and it gives you the motivation to like go do it. Like I wanted to sign up for something. So it gave me that point to, to make sure I was going to do it. So yeah, so it was good. So I'm looking into others. Um, yeah, my friend in Colorado is thinking of doing a 24 hour race um, and doing it around this lake right by her house. She actually lives in Leadville. Um, I, I can't wrap my head around doing a 24 hour race. Like, I think that's just insane to me. Like I just, which, which so many people though say, if you can do like one of those 24 hour race or a loop race, like you can do anything. And that prepares you so well for doing a hundred miles and up. But to me, that just sounds like, just sounds so crazy. Like, I think part of what I love about running is you're going to different places, you're seeing different things, you're not the same thing over and over and over again. And it, yeah, I just, I don't know. <laughs> so I'm still considering doing it, but I don't know that I really want to. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, uh, Alex and Billy do have their wine thing coming up in the fall where it's a six hour. I saw that. Yeah. I saw that. That sounds fun. Have you, have you done that or have you? No, that's the first, that's the first year that they Oh, my, my races, every one of my races is an ultra. <laughs> It's have, have you done any? Oh, go ahead. Oh, I, I, you know, when people talk about, uh, yeah, I did a marathon. It took me a long time. It's like, no, 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 no. You, you, you take, I take <laughs> six hours. If I get, if I got uh -huh. off course, I take seven hours. If I follow friends, sometimes they take eight hours. So time on feet. <laughs> it's all about time on feet. Uh huh. Yep. Sure is. Sure is. Have you done any of those like timed events though to like see how much you can do in like that set amount of time? Um, no, born. I did born on ultra last year, and I signed up for the uh -huh. hunt. And it, you know, it turned out to be essentially you know just keep running, but not not uh, like the crazy stuff like uh, who was it? Zach just did uh, hundred miles on a treadmill. Yeah, that's so crazy. I can't even wrap my head around that. You know, of course, it only took him 15 hours or something like that. But still, you know, to run on a treadmill for 15 hours. Yeah, that to me sounds so crazy, too. I hate running on treadmills. <laughs> I did sign um, up. You, you might look into, uh, it's you know, it's uh, uh, Gary Cantrell's little 1,000-kilometer uh, race across Tennessee. And I'm... Okay. I've signed up for that, and MDK has signed up for it too. Uh, uh, Melody Decker, Decker Cole, she's she's actually in there and stuff, and it's fairly inexpensive, but it does kind of put put you on the spot as far as you have to do 155 miles a month in order to do a thousand k in four months because you get until the end of August, which for you 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 do oh, that okay do that in two weeks yeah okay I'll have to look into that I just wrote it down because yeah I mean I definitely would want I definitely want to do more virtual races just to like I, I don't know it just it's fun it, it helps you to stay motivated and um something to work towards especially not knowing you know if if or when the races in person are really going to happen or be able to happen or what the distances will actually be um yeah I think so, you're, on, you're on course to do any race that you put your mind to it right now. You know, you're staying with the training. Um, you're, you know, looking at your nutrition. Do you ever do heart, heart rate stuff as far as, uh, you know, on your training? Yeah. So actually I've been doing heart rate stuff. Um, I have a Garmin watch that, um, 
you know, it's interesting. It's a Garmin, um, the Phoenix 4S, I think it is. Um, and I like it, but I had gotten it for triathlons. The battery life I'm realizing is like, it's not even going to last for probably the hundred K like it's, you know, so I've been looking at like possibly getting something else or ways to charge it while running, um, just because it's not going to last. Um, it barely lasted like six hours. So we'll see. Um, but I'll, I'll yeah, put a plug in for, uh, the Koros watch watches. Okay. I've, I've looked at those. Yeah. Do you like that? I, I just got the, the pace, which is the low end model. I, uh-huh. even as slow as I am, I've never ran the battery down to where it wasn't recording, which it wow. awesome. like up to 35 hours. Nice. Okay. Good to know. I'll have to look into those more. Um, yeah, so I've been doing some heart rate stuff, um, not too like committed to it, but just kind of, you know, um, doing some of it and it's, it's definitely helped. It's definitely interesting watching like where I can keep my heart rate in now and, um, where my pace is as opposed to where it was like two months ago. Um, yeah, it's definitely, definitely interesting. So we definitely want to look more into it too. And um, and learn more. I think the heart rate stuff's fascinating. Oh yeah, I, I think you're you're approaching as far as you know. I can see you're approaching everything on on the right way and stuff. And once again, I want to thank you so much for taking time out. You know, of obviously a busy schedule, helping other people and stuff. And uh, is there anything you'd like to? Any message you'd like to send out as we kind of ra- uh, wrap things up? Um, yeah, well, thanks for, thanks for having me here. I've enjoyed listening to your podcast when I can and definitely want to listen to more. So feel honored to be here and, um, yeah, hope that everybody's staying well and staying safe out there. And I think, you know, just, um, I I think my big plug for running is like, like for me, that's a huge piece of self-care, but I think that through all of the, all of COVID-19 and coronavirus, you know, we all need to find self-care and what, what helps us to make it through this. So I think the biggest message is just, you know, for everyone out there to find what it is that you love and taking care of yourself through the process of this, even though times are difficult. So. Great, great words, Shannon. Thank you so much. Awesome. Mahalo to you, Joe. Thanks for having me. Aloha. Aloha to Shannon. That was great to be able to talk to her. I hadn't seen her, oh gosh, since January, uh, even though she's made a, a couple of trips there, at least one trip over to the Big Island here. But great to talk to her. Really uh, a very inspiring young lady. Uh, it's, it's great to hear her story. Great to be able to uh, help um, the people who you know watch the show and stuff here and or, and or listen to it. Uh, have a chance to uh, hear her story and believe me her story has not ended we talked uh, I talked with her briefly afterwards and uh, she did mention that one of her friends who is in their CrossFit group and stuff uh, looks forward to her videos and you can check her out on um, Instagram and uh, she actually has some YouTube uh, videos that are up there too but you can actually see uh, in her eyes and in her um, manner that she is a true ultra runner now which is great and she is as her friend uh, uh, calls her a run inspiration to all of us so again thanks for watching thanks for listening and aloha